Good morning. Y'all can talk. It's okay. <laughs> Ain't got to be totally silent while I'm trying to get rid of here. Usually you don't have a problem with that, so <laughs> you can just get to talking. Oh, you're, oh, everybody's waiting to see if I'm going to fail like I did last Sunday. That's, it's, comf- it's comforting, Misty. Thank you. It's going to work this morning. Hey, I'm so confident it's going to work. I'm going to turn this computer off right here, and it's still going to be up there. Watch. Look at that. I'm not running it off this computer. I just now noticed your laugh. You don't watch it, you're going to give Misty a run for her money, you know it. <laughs> hey, you got to live with her, brother. You got to go home with her. You better watch it. Oh, are you? <laughs> all right. Good morning. Everybody doing all right? Thank the Lord we got slides. If you wasn't here last week. I'm happy about that because it was a disaster, but uh, long story short, I felt like I shouldn't use my slides last Saturday night when I was getting them together, and I did it anyway, and I got up here and couldn't get them to work, so, you know, I just felt like the Lord said, I tried to tell you, spent 15 minutes yesterday, uh, Sunday morning trying to get it to work, and it wouldn't work, so we did it without it, but anyway, we're going to get back to our Revelation study. And we're going to get through this thing. I don't know how long we've been doing this. About 10 years is what it feels like. It's probably been about a year and a half if you don't count COVID, maybe. Somebody grunted. Must be about two years, two and a half, maybe. It's been a while. Um, But let's start out by going to the Lord in a word of prayer. Lord. Amen. All right, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16. Now, I've got to do a quick review, and it may not end up being quick, but that's all right. It's been, it's been about, let's see, 15 months since we've done this. So I'm sure you've forgotten everything we've talked about. But we've talked about many things. I can see right now I'm going to mess myself up looking at this one and this one being different. So if I start talking about something and it's not on the screen, let me know. <laughs> okay? I'm having to flip too. 
All right, so we've talked about a lot of things. Jane, can y'all see back there, or would you like the lights dim? It's good? Okay. So we've talked about a lot of things for the third time. We talked about, we're, do, we're not doing a verse by verse. And I, I have to be real careful about that in going through the tribulation because it kind of like steps right through Revelation. And if I don't watch it, I'll find myself doing a verse by verse. That's not what I'm doing. I did that several years ago. I'm doing this by subject. I like this much better. We've talked about the times of the Gentiles. We've talked about the subject of the rapture. We've talked about the subject of the Antichrist. So we're doing it by subject. We're still in, but probably going to finish today, the tribulation, unless this review takes a while. And I honestly don't, I mean, I was joking. I don't care how long it takes. It don't matter. So we're in the tribulation, and we're at the end of the tribulation. But this is kind of a, this is a pretty good summary timeline of how I think Scripture teaches things line up. You know, this is where we live in the present church age. Okay, now all this is review. If, if you missed it, I don't have time to spend to talk about real strict details. Just giving an overview. If you have a question, that's fine. This is interactive. Okay, I'm not preaching. I'm teaching. So if you have a question, stop me. This is the present church age. I saw you smile, Brother Dustin. Then... What I believe Scripture teaches, the next major event from where we live today is the rapture of the church. That's what I believe Scripture teaches. The question I have to deal with every time I think about it is, could I be wrong? Well, I could be. But I don't think I am. I think Scripture, in my opinion, and we've already went through it, clearly teaches that the church will be raptured out before the tribulation. And again, I can't get into why. It, it takes too long. We've already talked about that. But that's the next major event. Nothing has to happen. We're not wait, you realize we're not waiting on anything. We're not waiting on somebody to come to power. We're not waiting on some kind of war to take place. We're not waiting on anything. The Lord could descend from heaven with a shout while I'm speaking this morning. That's exciting to those of us who are ready. But if you're not saved this morning, there is strong evidence. Don't forget, we went through it in the Bible, that if you have been under preaching, you've heard the gospel, the Lord has tried to get you to come to him If that has happened and you've rejected him, there is strong evidence in the Bible that if you miss the rapture, which is just for saved people, then you will not be saved. And you will spend eternity, not in hell. As bad as that is, I would wish that for those people. But it's the lake of fire. That's what this Bible says. So, I'll tell you what I'd do. If I knew I wasn't saved this morning, I'd do something about it. Because the call is open. The gospel call has been made. It's already been talked about this morning. Great job. Awesome. Great job. It's there. If you're not saved, the Lord's will for your life is that you get saved. 
And I'm going to tell you what, we like to talk about all this other stuff. Boy, we love to talk about the end times. We love to argue about it. Another thing people love to talk about is the unpardonable sin. I tell you, the only unpardonable sin is to reject Jesus Christ. That's it. There's no sin you can commit that will keep you out of heaven apart from rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. I don't believe in seven deadly sins. That's not what I believe. If you're a Baptist, you don't believe that either. There's no sin that will keep you out of heaven besides rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, he's speaking to your heart right now. I have full assurance he is. Why am I spending so much time on this? The gospel call has been made. The next event is the rapture of the church. Jesus will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. Everybody on earth will not see him. Those who are saved, those who are dead in Christ, will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain will meet them in the clouds and will meet our Lord and will be with him forever. That's our fate. If you're saved this morning, that's your destiny. No matter what you do. Now, what about those who aren't? We've been talking about that. There's a seven-year time that the Bible calls the tribulation or the tribulation period. Sometime after the rapture, well, let me ask this. Who remembers what, I'm about to run out of battery. Who remembers, besides Jim, what? I think you answered this last time I asked it. Who remembers what kicks off the seven-year tribulation? And if you're wondering, where do you get seven years from? We've already covered it. I can't go back into it. I don't have time. Sorry. I, I, would, I would like to. And if you want to see me after class, fine. But what kicks it off? It's not the rapture. And that's what a lot of people believe. They're wrong. The rapture does not start the seven-year tribulation. And I know there's people looking at me right now that know that and you just won't speak up. What kicks off the great tribulation? What's that? Not, not quite. Not quite. Should I have let you answer? <laughs> Do you want me to let you answer? <laughs> I won't come ask you what your answer is before, before I let you answer. It is the... Well, it's the covenant between the person we call the Antichrist and Israel. That's what starts the, tri- the seven-year tribulation. So there could be a span of time. I, personally, I don't think it's going to be long between the rapture and the signing of that treaty. I don't think it's going to be that long. It could be, but the Bible's silent on that, so we don't know. But what starts the great tribulation, that seven-year period is an agreement between a person, a man who has come to power. I don't think I'm going to get to any of this. 
after the rapture, sometime after the rapture, I believe, we've talked about this, there'll be a battle in the Middle East called the Battle of Gog and Magog. That's my opinion. And it's tragic. We talked about the carnage. We talked about how long it took them to clean up the dead bodies. It's obviously, in my opinion, a nuclear war. But it creates a power vacuum. And so at some point, everybody's scattering around trying to figure out what to do. What do you think people are going to be thinking when, what if I was standing up here talking and all of a sudden I wouldn't? That seems mystical to some people, but it's not. What if I vanished? That's the rapture, by the way, I'm talking about. What are people going to do when a population, you can argue how big of a population, is just gone? Somebody's going to step up with an answer. And then when that power vacuum is created in the Middle East, they're going to rise to world power. And this is a general summary of what we've talked about. They will establish a one-world government. And if you can't see that coming right now, you are willingly ignorant. I didn't say you were stupid. There's a difference. Ignorant is you just don't know, but you're willingly not knowing. They're going to establish a one-world currency. And if you can't see that coming right now, you are willingly ignorant. And they are going to establish a one-world religion. And my goodness, if you can't see that coming right now, you're blind. So he'll establish this. There'll be a federation of nations under this person. Excuse me. He'll sign a peace treaty with Israel. Why in the world would he want to do that? I mean, if you think about what he's going to do to God's people later, he's going to slaughter them. Why would he want to sign a peace treaty with them? Well, for one reason, God is moving this along. And there are things that have to happen with temple worship and this desecration of the temple, the abomination of desolation, the Bible calls it, that has to take place. So he's going to sign a peace treaty with Israel. That's not the only reason. He's going to sign a peace treaty with Israel for seven years. And that's what we call the Great Tribulation. No, the Tribulation, period. The first half of the Tribulation, the Bible calls it the beginning of sorrows. And if you were here when we went through that, and you saw what happens during that, and it's called the beginning of sorrows, what is the last half going to be like? We've already went through 90% of that. It's called the beginning of sorrows. Right in the middle of the seven-year period, he breaks his treaty with Israel. What happened? Something happened. Second Thessalonians tells us he sets himself up in the temple and declares he is God. And I think that's when Israel goes, uh-oh, what have we done? And you think, how can they be that, I don't want to say dumb, but how can They're blind now. (laughs) I love the nation of Israel, but they are blind right now. They do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. They don't. They're blind. They're still looking. 
So what's going to happen when this guy comes and does all this stuff? Well, anyway, I can't go back. So he sets himself up in the temple and says, I'm God. Worship me. He creates a statue and says, worship this. He has a religious head that works for him, that leads the world in this religion. What religion? Worshiping him, the Antichrist, and his image. That seems so crazy to us nowadays. But if you lived in Nebuchadnezzar's time, you wouldn't think it was crazy. He built an image of gold of himself and commanded everybody to bow down and worship it. And that's where we get the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who said, I ain't going to do it. We need people today. Let me, let me take a break. We need people today because if we don't, we're going to lose our country. Mark my words. We need people with courage. The church has no backbone. That is a very direct statement I understand, but I'm part of the church and I've been part of the problem. We have no backbone. We won't stand for anything. Just look at the churches around us, and I'm not bad-mouthing anybody, but I'm saying look at how worldly our church has become. All you got to do is read the news. They're starting to let homosexuals be preachers. That is a clear... I mean, it even got quiet when I said it. What's wrong with saying that? (laughs) It's against the Bible. We have let unsaved people run for office, and they're leading our country now because we do, we're too lazy to do it. And then we wonder, how did our country get to where it Well, what do you expect? For the most part, you've got a bunch of unsaved people making our laws and our policies. And I ain't just talking about Biden. I'm talking about way before that. If we don't stand up now, she's gone. So you can pick. You want to run for office? You better think about it. We need to do something. Because I'm going to tell you, just trying to live right in front of people ain't getting it done. You need to do that, but a lot of times for us, even for Jay Pruitt, that's a cop-out. I'm just going to live right in front of them. I don't have to correct them if they say something wrong. Well, we should. We really should. All right. I don't even know where I was. So, he's going to break his peace treaty with Israel. And that's this point right here. Daniel calls it the abomination of desolation. And then starts the great tribulation. Also known as the time of Jacob's trouble. The last three and a half years. Jim, I don't understand how anybody can be left alive. I, I don't understand it. If you read the Bible and you take it literally, and we talked about that too. You ought to take every verse literally unless there's context for you to take it symbolically. I mean, we've talked about water turning to blood. We've talked about people dying. We've talked about probably asteroids or comets hitting the earth. We've talked about wormwood. We've talked about something coming out of the bottomless pit. 
and killing people and blood to the horse's bridle. Remember all that? How can anybody be left alive? But obviously there, there'll be some. I don't know how many. Um, but it's called the Great Tribulation. Don't get it mixed up. That seven years is not the Great Tribulation. That's the Tribulation. The last three and a half is the Great Tribulation. That's, that's, that's the bad time. And the first half is bad enough. So we're kind of we're right there is where we are. In Revelation 16, I don't even know where we are, like 20 maybe, something like that. So we've only got a few more things to cover before the tribulation period is over. And then you get into some other things. And admittedly, there'll be things that I don't know when some of them happen. And I've always said, since I've been teaching Sunday school, but especially during this lesson, if I don't know, you know what I'm going to say? I don't know. There'll be things, and there's already been things that are called parenthetical. They appear in that timeline of Revelation, if you read Revelation straight through, but that don't mean that's when they happen in the order of events. So we'll talk about different things. We're going to talk about the marriage supper of the Lamb. We'll talk about the return of Christ, second coming of Christ here. We'll talk about the millennial reign. And then there'll be somehow, and we'll get into this in detail next time. I mean, no, not next time, when we talk about it. Somehow, after all this has happened during this tribulation period, and people are saved during this time, how many? I don't know. How? I have no idea. I don't know. Well, they got to believe in Jesus. Yes, I understand that. But with what's going on, I don't know how anybody's getting reached. I don't know. I have no idea. The church is gone. So you ain't going to talk about persecuting the church and that making the church on more fire, even on more fire for God. We're, we're gone. So these people are getting saved. Some people are getting saved during the tribulation, and God's opens, you know, is opening the eyes of some of the Israelites with 144,000 of his preachers. You know, don't get that confused when you read Scripture. 144,000, that's not the people that get saved. Some people believe that, they, they, and it's, it's fine. It's, it's just a, they just don't know. Some people think if you were to ask them how many people get saved during that time, 144,000. Well, that's not what that is. Those are preachers. So there'll be, there'll be people get saved during the tribulation. Yeah, according to the Revelation, it's a great number. I don't know what that number is. But that's what it says. From all nations and kindreds and tribes and tongues, all over. So somehow, God's still bringing people to himself, even during that time. I can't explain that either. Except he's God. But even that happens and then... Um, Jesus Christ physically, right here at the return of Christ, the second coming, the second advent, every eye shall see him. That's what the Bible says. Every eye. And he will come and literally establish his kingdom on this earth. Literally on this earth. And he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. Now, during that thousand years, if you understand the Bible, what the Bible says 
We don't have the influence of Satan during that time. So what is that going to be like? Jesus is the head. (laughs) No influence of Satan for a thousand years. And then Satan is loosed for a short time. We don't know how long. And he is able to gather, the Bible says, as many as, as the sand of the sea on his side to come against God's people. Now tell me, how wicked are we as men? And when I say men, I mean men and women and kids. That after every eye sees Jesus Christ come back to this earth and he reigns physically for a thousand years, how wicked is man that Satan, in only a short time, is able to gather millions to come against God's people. And the good thing is, that battle don't take long. <laughs> that battle don't take long. Fire comes out of heaven and kills every one of them. And then... There's judgment. And as bad as it's been for these people to live through the tribulation, and if they can make it through the great tribulation, and even those that were part of that last battle, as bad as that is, the judgment is the worst. There's two judgments. There's a judgment seat of Christ, also called the Bema Seat Judgment. That's for saved people. Now, when you're there, it's not going to be, there will be no depart from me I never knew. That's not a question of whether your eternal home will be heaven or not. That's already been settled. That's where you get your reward. How did you live in this body? Did you do what the Lord wanted you to do? Or did you compromise? Now, you're saved. Did you compromise? That's where you'll get reward. That's where those things will be measured, and it'll either be wood, hay, and stubble and burn up, or it'll be gold, silver, and precious jewels. That's the judgment seat of Christ. The other judgment is the great white throne judgment. That's for lost people. That's for lost people. And everyone that appears before the great white throne judgment will be cast into hell and then hell itself cast into the lake of fire. That's the bad part. Living on earth during the worst earthquake ever that we'll talk about when when we get to actually what I was going to talk about today, the worst earthquake in the history of mankind and the water turning to blood and not having any grass and you know, cattle being killed, and that's, that's nothing compared to Jesus saying, depart from me, I, I never knew you, into the eternal flame. But, you know, we've got people today, we've got preachers today, and our seminaries are putting out this stuff that don't believe in a literal hell. They don't believe in a literal Satan. They don't believe in these things. Now, this is what our Baptist 
theological seminaries are putting out. Don't worry about him. He's just taking care of Sunday school classes. <laughs> so we're not talking about some offshoot religion. We're talking about Baptist seminaries where Baptist men go to, to get their education to, to preach. Now, most of the ones I have confidence in now don't go. You can't. So that's the bad part. And then we'll talk about, you know, what we know about where we're going to stay forever. Morning, kids. <laughs> All right. So review took the whole period. But next time, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 16. All right. Jimmy Franklin, you want to lead us in prayer?